This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today I want to talk about 10 best practices in social media for social causes. There's a lot of great global examples of large organizations who have done fantastic jobs and also large networks like the Blogathon who every year get together to promote charities across the globe. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of my personal experiences. So some of my personal experiences, a recent one, was AJ Caridi, who's CEO of a company called Kazoo Funding approached me. And Kazoo Funding is a social fundraising tool, a social media fundraising tool. And it's very similar to many of the other systems out there at first glance, but it allows you to, once you make a donation, to tweet, to Facebook it, to share it via email, and a number of other social bookmarking and and, uh, social media sites. So it's a very viral component. And so he asked if during really the beta of this software here in Vancouver, we picked a charity here called Make-A-Wish Foundation, who globally they, they grant 40 wishes or a wish every 40 minutes globally to, to children. And many of these children are actually, you know, quite ill and, and some of them, um, you know, life-threatening illnesses. And so it's a, it's a charity as a parent, which, you know, really hit home base for me. And on the other side, it was also an opportunity for AJ and I uh, with the Kazoo funding system to see what we could do using social networks in a short period of time. So we had quite a lofty goal. We didn't hit it, but we did manage to raise $12,000. Now, when we say we, we really mean the community. There was a lot of people that got in behind this from a grassroots perspective. But really the goal was to show people that, number one, everyone counts that not to get your corporate checkbook out and cut a check for $1,000, but instead to cut a check for $20 and invite a friend. That was the basic message. The simple message is, you know what, make a donation of $20 and invite a friend. Amazing thing happened is it really, really began to work. And so we pulled in organizations like Flight Center, like Blends Coffees, some of the existing um, supporters uh, of the Make-A-Wish Foundation locally as well and asked them for their support. Again, not financially, but to connect with their lists and their customers and let them know about the fundraiser. So what we did very simply is we kind of did this, number one, on a very shoestring budget. The goal was to spend as little as possible, if nothing at all, at no major fancy events, um, no advertising, but just using really the community and, and really mobilizing the community. And so there's many things we learned, but here's 10 things that we picked up during this exercise. And again, this is from our perspective. I know there's a lot of other best practices out there, but here's what we learned. So some of them, by the way, we're going to implement in the future. Some of these things are things that we didn't do, which we realized we needed to do. So number one, if you're going to raise funds using social media and social networks, organize your collateral material early for each stakeholder group. So we had existing fundraisers, or existing donors, excuse me. We had individuals who were passionate about it. We also had corporations we wanted to approach and see if they could spread the word as well, people we were connected with. So one of the things we learned quickly is that we definitely didn't have our collateral material maybe prepared early and soon enough and maybe not enough depth and customized for each group well enough. So if you're going to do this, you're going to engage multiple stakeholder groups, have it prepared early and make sure it's really broken up by group. Number two, make your content easy to share, cut and paste. So if you're going to supply collateral materials, press releases and information to others that you want them to share it, make sure it's embeddable, make sure it's easy to cut and paste, make sure it travels well. Number three, one thing that we did do well that we really think made a huge difference is integrate the offline with the online and get influencer buy-in early. 
So by the graciousness of Kaylee's Irish Pub here in Vancouver, they uh, arranged a, a beer sponsor for us, and they also arranged the space. And we invited in to a very informal reception. Actually, it was a tweet-up. Number of people in the community, everything from the corporate supporters to some of the key social media folk here in Vancouver who've got good influence. And we didn't pitch them or anything like that. We just invited them out for a beer or a juice or whatever they wanted. And we simply did a quick Q&A with them individually, got to know them, and really one-on-one shared our vision with them. Number four, what we learned is have multiple platforms for RSVPing for events. So when we did this event, one of the things that I've learned in the past from our book launch that Stephen Jagger and I did is not everybody wants to use Facebook to reserve for events. Not everybody will use a tweet-up site, and not everybody will use an Eventbrite site. But if you use all three or four different sites, I know it's a little bit redundant to the registrations. What it's going to do is it's going to help more people register. Whatever system they feel more comfortable with, you can do that. And so, yes, you'll have some crossover, but you'll also reach demographics you wouldn't reach. Number five, get donors with big lists and big reach, not to just cut a check, but to use that influence to reach and promote your cause. So again, our goal was not just to say, hey, can you write us a check? That's great. What we want to do is get these organizations with large influence and large reach in social media, as well as with big email lists to help us out. Number six is contact people individually and ask them to do something easy. So one of the things I did is the morning of our launch, it was a, what we did is we had a 24-hour fundraising period. It started at 6 a.m. Uh, because Vancouver here, most people don't head into the office or hit the computer till 9. Between 8.30 and 9.30 a.m., I did something very simple. I got onto Twitter to some of my key contacts that I've got listed who I know through the community, some of them locally, some of them not, and I sent them a very simple message, direct message. Could you please retweet this? for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I sent a link to what I wanted them to share. I did that with, I don't know, about 40, 50 people. It took me an hour, but what came from that was a groundswell of tweets and updates. It poured over to Facebook, and we immediately see, started seeing those donations literally come in every two minutes for several hours. And it really had to do with not blasting everyone, but contacting people individually, specifically having a conversation with them and asking them if they'll help out. Number seven, this is really important, and of course, this is sort of, uh, you know, a little plug for Kazoo Funding, but use a fundraising platform, something similar to Kazoo Funding or use kazoofunding.com that makes it easy for people to tweet, share, and forward information about the cause. So it's not just that you had to make a donation, but once you made the donation, you could easily share it with your network with one click. So again, if you make it hard for people to share your vision, you're going to cut down and reduce the number of people who are going to do so. Number eight, work closely with a charity. If you're an individual and you're not a charity and you want to help that charity, whether it's your local food bank, whether it's the Make-A-Wish Foundation, whether it's UNICEF, whether it's World Vision, whatever it is, whatever that organization is, is work closely with them. So the first person that AJ went to, of course, was Ross with Make-A-Wish Foundation. He sat down, he painted his vision out, and he worked step by step to make sure he had support of the charity, the charity is aware of it, and so he get the resources he needed to do the fundraising. So really important to work closely with them and making sure that your fundraising, fundraising efforts are consistent with their values as well as their branding. Number nine, if you are a charity, leverage your stakeholder groups when social, with social media marketing instead of using all your internal resources. So I've got a number of people who I've had in the audiences, and I talk about raising 
funding for charities using social media. And the first thing they say is, you know what, we believe in this Twitter stuff, this Facebook stuff, this blogging, but we're under-resourced. We're all volunteers. We don't have to- as much time as we need to really build a big tribe of 10,000 followers or, or 5,000 viewers a month on my blog. And my answer is, you don't have to do that. What you have to do is you have to keep it tight. You have to connect with the right people in your community you have a lot of influence and get them to buy into promoting your vision. Get them to spread the word. And so spend less time maybe building individual followers on Twitter, for instance, and more time connecting with those people who really, really influence the masses in your market. And last but not least, number 10, is keep your message really simple. I think why it was so easy for us to spread the word and why we raised close to actually over $12,000 in 24 hours with the help of people uh, like Blends Coffee, uh, Flight Center, Uh, of course, the support of Make-A-Wish Foundation and, of course, the entire social media community here was that we kept the message really simple. It was easy to share. It was easy to understand. It was for the kids. It was to help grant a wish. And we just want you to bring 20 bucks and bring a friend. And that was it. And I think because it was such a simple message, it spread really easy. So again, I'm a, I'm, you know, I've got a fair bit of knowledge in marketing and sales. I've written a couple books on social media. I am by no means an expert on social causes, but this is just my sort of two cents worth on what can work for you and your organization or as an individual if you're out there raising money for a cause you're passionate about in the community. This is Shane Gibson's podcast from closingbigger.net.